Welcome to the Jack and John podcast. I'm Jack. And I'm John. And we're on a mission. To help you focus on Christ. So, you know, Jack and I are getting ready to talk about our podcast. And um, I mean, I had a kidney stone last week. I just had my stent removed this morning. (laughs) We sound like a couple of old men just sitting here commiserating. And, well, I know there's at least one man on this podcast that's old. I don't know about you. But, uh, but I said, uh, before we get started, I said, uh, I just feel so lame. And Jack says, I always feel lame. Uh, I am lame. I am baby. lame. Oh, my goodness. You're, you're talking in a different kind of way than we're all. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Compared to Jesus, I guess that's all of us all the time, you know. Yes. Well, when yeah. you say the word compare, that's that's right. Uh, that's a good that's a good thing to compare ourselves with is with Jesus, so that we might elevate, you know, every aspect of who we are in our lives. Right. Uh, and by the way, uh, we were talking as we were walking <laughs> in here about joy and having joy in spite of kidney stones and oh yeah, you know, hip pain and everything else under the sun uh, by not comparing ourselves to others, you know. Uh, though sometimes, don't you think that comparing yourself to somebody that's um, unfortunately got it worse than you, you well, know, I you don't know, know if that makes you feel I, better, but it's like, I don't like to look at it that way just from the standpoint that well, I, I don't want to make right, somebody right, right. else's exactly. problems I bad. But you know? I'm just thinking from the standpoint of there, but for the grace of God go I. There's a scripture just yeah. about, um, you know, realizing, you know, your circumstance and your situation and and um, looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith and the sustainer and all of those kind of things. Because um, seriously, uh, we weren't going to go that direction. But as as we get older, a lot of things can begin to take place in your body and in your life. Uh, I haven't talked a lot about that on our podcast, but, you know, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease about seven or eight years ago. And when the um, neurologist diagnosed me with that, she looked at me and she said, what are you going to do? And uh, I said, I'm going to live my life. I mean, I can't not have Parkinson's. I've got Parkinson's. Sure. And so, you know, you just then deal with it as it comes to you. And uh, for me, it's kind of been escalating a little bit, some of the symptoms of it. And uh, so it makes you... Uh, you think on a deeper level and uh, on a really serious note of, of your life, you know. Wouldn't you say, Jack, that there's a, a piece of that that makes you appreciative? Like you, you learn to appreciate maybe you know what you have or what you've had? Um, yeah, very definitely. I think that we um, should certainly be people that appreciate and are, are thankful and have a life of gratitude for everything that God has done for us, you know, even though there have been some very difficult things uh, that you have to face from time to time in life. I've had to face, you know, uh, a lot of loss. Right. And uh, now to think about losing, um, you know, what Parkinson's takes from you, which is neurological. And so it, it could be your walking. It could be just your ability to feed yourself. It can be the inability to think, you know, to where you can put words together to make 
a point that makes, you know, and all those things, you know, as you look uh, at that coming at you down the road, uh, I, I just can't dwell on that. Mm-mm. You know, cannot focus on that. You have to focus on, you know, every day. Each day is a day of its own, you know, live one day at a time. You, no man can add one second to his life nor take away, you know, so... You know, God's in control of that. When, when Jesus asks his disciples, which one of you can add an hour to your life by worrying? Um, the irony is what he's saying is you're stealing an hour of your life by sitting there worrying for an hour. Yeah. But you can't add any time by worrying, but you can sure steal it. And you can become a robber of someone else's joy by your thinking, thinking. Yeah. And by your lousy attitude. Yeah. You know, you can make it miserable for other people. Uh, you know, I've got these seven-year-old grandkids and kind of on up the scale to, you know, 18-year-old grandkids graduated from high school. And, um, you know, I want them to think of me as someone that gave them joy and support and love and and cared for them, not as the old man that felt sorry for himself and never smiled. And, you know, I would rather be known for telling the corny dad jokes than being known for the one that never smiled. You know? Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, so you have to, you have to, and when you look at what God has done for you and given to you and what he's promises to do for you, uh, how could anyone, you know, um, live a life, anything other than grateful for that, mm-hmm. which brings an attitude of joy. And that's fruit of the spirit anyway. It should grow in your life as the spirit grows in your life as you surrender to him on a daily basis. So, uh, yeah, all of that is, um, I think, very essential for us. And that's not all. It's like right when I retired and got here, uh, type 2 diabetes reared its ugly head and almost sent me, you know, to the grave (laughs) a lot earlier than I was thinking it was going to be. But um, trying to get that under control and doing well with that. And, you Mm -hmm. know, there's just... So many things, which, you know, this podcast shouldn't be, you know, Jack moaning and bemoaning, you know, his sad thing. But uh, something that might be helpful to somebody, you know, if you're struggling with something in your life, uh, my encouragement to you is to live every day for itself and rejoice in the whole thing as long as rejoicing is possible for you. And, uh, you know, when it's not possible, keep rejoicing. Uh, this is the day the Lord has made. I will be be glad in it. And uh, glad is a great word because when you say glad, you can't frown. Try to say glad. And That's it's right. Like glad. Glad. <laughs> Just, <laughs> yeah, glad. Glad I'm so Well, glad. I'm really glad. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't work. So, does it really doesn't? It. it really does. It's kind of ludicrous, but um, yeah. So you know, just try to try to live in that place of joy and gratitude and thankfulness. Um, to look back on my life, I was talking to a young man, mm-hmm. a young man just getting out of high school, and uh, it was one of Caleb's my my grandson's friends. And uh, just trying to talk to him about um, uh, being the type of, of young man that as he faces this world and the position that he's going into it now, not really knowing what's happening ahead of him, to realizing that whatever is ahead of you, uh, that God will be with you 
and it will be done to mold you and to make you into something more and better. And all you have to do is go into this, this life anticipating all that mm-hmm. God is going to do in you, through you, and for you, and to you. So uh, it's all joy. It's all joy. So don't let the, don't let the comparisons to others kill your joy. Right. Don't let anything kill your joy. Right. Yeah, our joy is founded in God. I found this verse uh, in First Corinthians, excuse me, First Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 27 says, Splendor and majesty are in his presence. Strength and joy are where he is. So if we want to have joy, we need to abide in God because joy is found in his presence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the joy of the Lord is my strength. That's yeah. So it was a kind of a time time frame in my life. I think I've gone through these time frames of really enjoying certain Christian authors, mm-hmm. and so I'd buy two or three or four of their books or whatever, and then read them and highlight them and just really enjoy uh, that kind of thing. And one of the guys that I really enjoyed, I heard him at the praise gathering, was a man by the name of Tim Hansel. Do you mm-hmm. remember Tim Hansel? Mm-hmm. Tim Hansel wrote a couple of books, and uh, the thing about him was he was a mountain climber, actually climbed mountains for fun, and took a 30-foot fall, landed on his back, broke his back, and uh, I don't know, the the story is just amazing, but um, he was in constant pain, tremendous pain for the rest of his life. Oh, yeah. But he was known for his joy. His books were filled with joy, and... He talked about how to be a good father, but but the one phrase that I picked up from Tim Hansel years and years ago, he had a phrase that he would say, and it was this, until further notice, celebrate everything. Until further notice, celebrate everything. So he was a proponent of the difficult things, celebrate it. You know, the joyful, victorious things, celebrate them. You know, life is to celebrate. And so he would carry little uh, little toys in his pocket, and those toys were to remind him not to take himself too seriously. Mm-hmm. I remember you telling you remember the that? story. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I used to love yeah. that. And uh, so anyway, it really affected me, and I've always thought, yeah, I'm just going to celebrate life no matter what it brings, you know. I think it's so important, and uh, you know, one of the one of the things that can steal our joy, honestly, is if we take ourselves too, too seriously. seriously. Yeah. Uh, I got to tell you, the best compliment I ever got it, it, as a physician was um, I had a specialist who I used to send patients to all the time, and I, I say that because he's retired now, but uh, otherwise I'd still send him patients. But he was referring a patient to me that didn't have a primary care doctor, and this had been years ago. And the guy says, well, tell me something about this Dr. Walker. And he says, well, Dr. Walker is is a physician who doesn't take himself too seriously, but takes what he does very seriously. Absolutely. And uh, the patient told me what the specialist had said, and I thought, you know, that's honestly, that's probably the best compliment I could ask for Mm. um, because I I don't want to take myself too seriously, but I do want to be very serious and intentional 
about what I do. Um, and I think that spills over into everything. Just in the last week, you know, I was talking about this kidney stone and, and one of the neat things about that kind of experience is, you know, I'm not used to being the patient, all right? I'm, I'm used to being the doctor. Are you a good patient? Well, I mean, I, I felt like I was a pretty good, pretty patient. good patient. You know, I wasn't like, uh, you know, pushing the little call button all the time or being a little diva or anything, or you know. Um, so I was trying you to be... You can never be a little diva. No, this is true. <laughs> <laughs> but I was trying to be a good patient. Um, but, you know, people ask you questions, you know, how are you doing and things like that. And, and one of the things that I caught myself saying is, you know, I'm just I'm really thankful that this is, you know, a kidney stone and not something, you know, permanent or something like more significant. Sure. Now, granted, the pain was bad. I, I got to tell you, it was it, far and away the worst pain I've ever had in my life. In fact, the, the insight I would take away from this is I've forgotten all other pain, okay? <laughs> Any other pain that I've experienced in my life doesn't matter, okay? It just doesn't matter. You know, the nurse is, is, is uh, apologizing while she's trying to start my IV and then another nurse is trying to draw my blood on the other side and I let out a little moan and she says, oh, I'm sorry. And I'm like, no, you're not doing anything. <laughs> it's that like, one the I'm like <laughs> I don't even notice what you're doing, you know. But no, I was so thankful because I deal with patients all the time who don't have the luxury of having a temporary problem, right. Right. you know. You, I mean, even the, the, the Parkinsonism, you know, and, and I'll be honest, Jack, as bad as that problem is, from my standpoint, the thing I really don't want is a chronic pain condition. Right. Because it, I have some patients that they can't escape that problem. Right. There are certain issues that you just, they're there all the time. You can't escape it. So how do you uh, tell that person to live in joy? Who's in constant pain? It's hard, isn't it? You know what? The amazing thing is um, there are two kinds of people. <laughs> we oversimplify all the time with this. But there really are two kinds of people when it comes to that kind of thing. Because um, there is the person who gets bitter. Mm. And there's the person who gets better. And I don't mean they get better in terms of, oh, my pain's gone away. No, it's about perspective. You know, I have one patient in particular, and I can't give details and such, obviously, but I will just tell you that her life has been a wreck since she was in a wreck, okay? Um, she had one particular accident that changed everything for the rest of her life, okay? And this person is in constant, daily, chronic pain, okay? But she also lives with joy every day. And it's because of the perspective of being able to take what little positives there are and latch on to those. Mm -hmm. And she's still thankful that she's got her life. Mm -hmm. She's thankful that she's got her family. Um, there are so many things to be thankful for. Yeah. I always go back to when my dad had his stroke. And the hardest thing about that for me was watching him be depressed. Right. And then my aunt one day 
just sort of laid into him and uh, told him that he needed to stop feeling sorry for himself and stop thinking about everything that's gone wrong and start thinking about everything that's gone right. Yeah, I wish it was that easy for everybody, you know, but those were magic words for my dad because that worked. Mm -hmm. And, And from that day forward, his perspective on life was very different because he, he told me, he said, I, I said, Jad, what's different? Because he seemed happy. And he said, well, you know, when you've had a stroke, you got all kinds of time to just sit and think. And I've just been thinking and feeling sorry for myself yeah. all the time. He said, I just decided it's time to start thinking about everything that's gone right instead of everything that's gone wrong. I didn't know he got that from my aunt until years <laughs> later. She's telling me the story. But, but oh, my goodness, the perspective was so important. You know, it got me thinking when you said um, uh, you got the biggest compliment yeah. you know, that you had from a doctor that you know, just said that you were a, you know, a good person, which is the way I interpret that, you're well, a good person which makes you then a good doctor because you're going to certainly know the joy of life, but you're also going to know the seriousness of what you're doing, you know, as far as in a patient's life. But um, for me, one of the best compliments I ever got or I ever get from time to time. uh, You sure smell nice. Yeah, well, I, yeah, (laughs) uh, whatever. (laughs) Sorry, Jack. But anyway, uh, when they, they, they've known me for a few weeks or whatever in a, you know, a situation outside of the church, yeah. right? And uh, so, and then they they realize somebody tells them, oh, he's a minister, he's a pastor, and they go, when they see me again, I would never think that you're a pastor. And of course, I play it off at first. They go, well, thank you very much. What do you think I am? You know? I yeah. say, no, no, no. They'll say, that's uh, funny. No, it's because you 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 don't remind me of a pastor. I say, well, what do you think a pastor is? And of course, they'll always describe the somber, sure. serious, never laughing, you know, kind of acting perfect. Yeah, yeah acting perfect, kind of yeah. head in the clouds type of guy, which probably is a wrong characterization of most pastors. But nevertheless, uh, I never gave off that air. I don't think Mm-mm. in my life no. did I ever give off that. Well, Jack, you, you remember, I remember the first time I met you and Amy. Or well, first baby. time you met Amy anyway. But yeah, we were of all things, it was at the North American Christian yeah. Convention in St. Louis. And uh, it was late at night after the the, the main, main session. session. Yeah. And, uh, you know, St. Louis, uh, there, there's down. not a whole lot downtown. <laughs> and then this was before, you know, Cardinals Nation went all crazy and stuff. And, and so there was like one bar that was downtown that was still open, but they had shut down the restaurant part. So you could get appetizers or pizza or whatever. And uh, so, of course, that's the place we found. And we go in there and everybody that's in there is from the North American Christian Convention. Right. And so uh, we go into this little back room and we've got this table and uh, J.D. Miller's with us and we're sitting there. And, and of course, my wife just knew Jack as J.D.'s friend that they used to tour together and Jack was just this fun guy. And um, I remember she asked you at one point, you know, when things had sort of settled in the conversation for a minute, she says, so Jack, what is it that, that you do? 
and you, your face went from, you know, just smiling and telling jokes to you got that little bit of a serious look and you said, well, I'm, I'm a minister of the gospel. Yeah, I probably <laughs> and, played that. And, and my wife just started cracking up. No, 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 really, really. What is, what do you do? <laughs> and that, I think you were in Dodge City back yeah, then, yeah. right? Yeah. First, first located church. So. Yeah, but no, I think that's a great compliment. I think that's a great compliment. Um, you know, you mentioned the thing about being a good person. I will tell you, I think what makes somebody a good person is realizing that they're not. They're not a good person. Yeah, yeah that's good. Because, you good know, insight there, John. Yeah, our goodness doesn't come from anything no, we no, do. No. Nothing we do. One of the things that, that Jack mentioned when we were talking about, you know, what we were going to talk about <laughs> is uh, how some Christians uh, have some regrets later on. Oh, I wish I'd done this. I'd wish I'd done that. I wish I'd been better at this. I wish I'd been more involved in that. And here's the reality. You, you can always have that kind of stuff because we are never good enough. But the reality is it doesn't matter. Oh doesn't matter because Jesus, the whole point is him saying, guys, I'm more than good enough. I am more than good enough. My dad was, uh, was known as smiling Ed Heaston. Mm -hmm. They, they put the smile on there because he always had a smile on his face. Oh yeah. Uh, now he, he was a World War II vet. And uh, I think that he uh, suffered greatly in that war. I don't know what happened to him because he would never talk about it. Mm-hmm. If I would ever ask him anything, or if anyone would ever ask him anything about World War II, he would say, oh, it was a vacation, which it was just the opposite of that. Sure. You know? But he would say, oh, it was just like being on vacation. That's what he would say. Well, in later years, when... Uh, Mom had passed, and he was probably a year from uh, going home. He, uh, I, I pressured him. I pushed him, pressed him. And uh, I said, Dad, I really want to know some things that, that you experienced in World War II. And um, he got kind of a serious look on his face. A smile left his face. And he kind of looked at me for just a moment. And you know what he said? He just said, you know, Jack, it just wasn't that fun. And that was it. That's all I got. Mm. First, it was a vacation. In the end, it wasn't that much fun. But, um, you know, he stepped up for his country and for his fellow man, and, and he served. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he paid the price. You know, a lot of those guys, they kind of went into themselves emotionally. So it was difficult for my dad to hug me or say, I love you. He didn't do that right. a whole lot. But uh, I would say that my dad was a good man. He was a good man in the sense that uh, he, he helped others. He gave to others. Uh, he lived his life for others. He loved God. Studied the Word of God every morning for at least an hour all of his life, even to the very, very end that he could. And he just, um, you know, he just uh, was faithful, faithful man. But um, he never never met those emotional needs maybe that I had, but in just seeing him live out his faith that he did. Mm -hmm. So grateful to have dad. He brought a lot of joy to my life. As a matter of fact, somebody down in that little city of Largo, Florida called me smiling Jack Easton one day. Really? Yeah. And it was an old friend of my mom's and I went, 
That's the best compliment I've yeah. had for a long, long time. Because what you're saying to me is... He sees your dad. He sees my dad. Yeah, he yeah. so, sees your dad yeah. and you. Yeah. That's beautiful. So that was a good thing. Um, Jack, I think that leaves us in a great spot right there. Because, you know, when people see you or when they see me, um, I hope that they can see our father. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I think it's We the Kingdom that has a song... Um, uh, it's either them or Cain, I can't remember, but there's a song about you're seeing my father in me, you know, any good that, that you, any good that you see in my mm. life, you're seeing my father in me. Um, and I hope that people can say that of all of us. Yeah, I was thankful that at about eight years old, we started going to church. And all of a sudden, mm -hmm. I'm eight years old. I don't remember a whole lot back when I was eight years old, but I remember we started becoming a church family and um, we went to church. I mean, to tell you, when we got to the little Christian church in Largo, Florida, dad was an elder. Uh, he was a Sunday school teacher. He was a youth sponsor. He sang in the choir. Uh, he put together the communion. That was back when they had the glass communion cups mm -hmm. and they would sterilize them and oh, yeah. put the juice in every, every glass and, and I don't know if I'm in trouble for this, but when they would clean it up afterwards, I would, you would drink. You sample it? <laughs> that was a confession. I would drink the rest of the... <laughs> it was going to go bad or get thrown out, right? Well, that's where, yeah. Yeah. That's great. So anyway, that's, that's confession. But anyway, yeah, that's, that's what I remember yeah. of them. And uh, not to bloviate on here, but... Um, they, when they were asked by the preacher of a large church, who who wants to go to this little uh, little church, uh, African American church is being started in this section of town, and go and be faithful members and tithe to this church to help it get off the ground. My elderly mom and dad raised their hand and went to this church, and loved those people with all their hearts. They were their family, and it was wonderful to go home and visit mom and dad and. Over the weekend, we would always go to that little yeah. uh, African-American church there in, in Largo, Florida. And, uh, yeah, there was good, good heritage that they were yeah. passing on. Very so, good. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks for joining us. Um, you know, we hope that uh, you can find joy in the Lord. Um, I know you can. <laughs> uh, just embrace Him and stay in His presence. Um, don't let comparisons be negative or get in the way, but only think of the comparisons that are going to help build you up in your joy and in your faith. Um, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Enjoy the Lord is my That's strength. Right. Right.